I welcome you all to the 106th session of Guru Bodha. Today we have a special guest, Dr. Ashlesha Rawat. Among us, she is an Ayurveda Vaidya and also director of Ananda Ayurveda Academy USA. On behalf of us, all of us students, I cordially welcome Dr. Ashlesha Rawat to this session. Good evening and Namaste, madam. Namaste and good evening. Thank you for uh, welcoming. And it's a really a pleasure to be here uh, on the Guru Bodha sessions. Thank you, ma'am. And we also have our beloved Dr. Raghuram sir with us. He's the content, uh, chief content officer of Easy Ayurveda. Good evening and namaste, sir. Good evening and uh, namaste, Dr. Rawat. Good evening and namaste to Dr. Hebbar. And uh, a big good evening and good big namaste to all uh, members of our Easy Ayurveda family. This session is brought to you by EasyIroda.com. I dedicate this and all of my works uh, at the holy feet of my spiritual guru, Dr. A. Chandrasekhar Urupa. And so to begin with, with this one, Dr. Ashrasya Rawat has been instrumental in making Ayurveda famous and practical. And she's both into teaching and also in, into seeing clients and advising and healing, healing clients in the USA. So before we get into the topic of today, which is women's health and Ayurveda, Dr. Rawat, what has been your experience propagating Ayurveda in USA? How are you doing it? Please tell us more about yourself. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Um, this is a very dear subject and I know many times people have uh, such a curiosity about knowing that how really Ayurveda works in USA and that's a valid curiosity definitely one should have that and one should know also since we are so much connected now with uh, internet and world has come really closer so knowing how it's going on everywhere is could be a absolutely a you know curiosity uh, so just to explain that curiosity this uh, the whole uh, process like what we i'm seeing i'm there at least now 25 years in usa and seeing that how it was before so when uh, i first went there it was a, such a hardship that people were not even able to pronounce ayurveda so i have to really tell them that i you veda are you veda I, you, and then, you know, I, you, Veda, and that's how Ayurveda, that's how things used to be. And I was always used to be uh, confused in the beginning that I would know, ask them that even have you heard about Ayurveda? And they would always definitely say no. And then they would, I, I asked them about yoga and they would say yes. And I never understood this, that how come they know yoga, but not Ayurveda? So that was always a curiosity uh, till I really started understanding that yes, uh, Yoga Shastra has really reached there. Swami Vivekananda Ji took that there, but somehow Ayurveda was left in Bharat. And uh, well, luckily with uh, many other great leaders uh, in the paternity of Ayurveda took this and Ayurveda really started uh, becoming famous. Uh, it is actually work of many many people who have definitely done a great job in the field of ayurveda and dr hebbar i would take your name also in that respect and special thanks to easy ayurveda who had really created a huge impact and content uh, on the online and uh, 
you know, in the media specifically. So that's a great thing. And I'm glad Dr. Raghuramji is also here and he is the main chief content writer, as you mentioned. And I'm sure the people often as the Ayurveda started growing really in USA and people would started uh, really exploring, understanding, they would get this authentic Ayurvedic references on easy Ayurveda. So that's that's the situation uh, as, as of now. I'm very happy to tell you that there are at least uh, 25 Ayurvedic institutes or the schools, what we call, in all 50 states of Ayurveda uh, in our of USA. And um, this number may not be exactly, I'm saying just the around number. And uh, another uh, good thing is that we have um, yeah, we are establishing a way, good pathway for students to learn Ayurveda. So when generally school starts, obviously you could know that how is the demand. So that's how the demand is there and people are eager to look as for something else has to be there. Well, uh, again, it is being seen as a complementary medicine, uh, CAM modality and uh, which is still not that way in the mainstream but after covid uh, if i'm not wrong the whole ayurveda demand kind of grew and uh, we are looking at at very different angle people are more conscious and more uh, going towards using taking ayurveda especially in my practice also i have seen that now people have become more conscious and they want to they really want to have something very holistic and that's how it is i would i could say that it is growing uh, that is one aspect and of course the other aspect is for the as the schools which i said so that is how i think the holistic solution solution as ayurveda is providing that's how i would say that ayurveda is growing in us thank you ma'am and uh, can you please explain regarding uh, your institute that is Ananda Ayurveda Academy and how it is contributing to the mission of Ayurveda? Absolutely, and thank you for this question. It's uh, such a, uh, you know, like it, I definitely would like to talk on that how the whole uh, process of Ananda Ayurveda was even came into the existence. So we are a group of people and um, many are uh, Ayurvedic Vaidyas, doctors, right? And uh, what we really found that uh, Ayurveda, as it grows, and if this is a common thing, may not be something different. Uh, it may be happening in every situation that as Ayurveda started growing, the demand started growing. Obviously, people wanted to know more about it. Then it's the demand is not only stayed till the like that the patient and treatment aspect, right? It was growing more that okay. Uh, if this really works, then I want to know more about it. So I often see this in my practice also that people get, you know, good benefit of from Ayurveda, Ayurvedic treatment. And then they start understanding that, okay, this really changed my life. I should know more about it. And then when they say, feel that, that I just don't want to more, know more, but I want to practice that also. And I want to help my friends and my families. Uh, and then later on, they can even start thinking that why don't I completely change my field and become this, right? Become Ayurvedic practitioner. And that's how the demand started growing. And as demand started, uh, as people were really curious to give, go there, 
what was observed that somehow it it started getting watered down so the the actual ayurvedic understanding or the conceptual ayurveda was a little bit watered down for explaining what is ayurveda and that is to some extent it is good when you just want to know but when you want to become a practitioner when you want to become a coach ayurvedic coach or when you want to become a ayurvedic counselor or or again practitioner or even uh, advanced ayurvedic practitioner then this is not really good aspect and i'm sure you will agree with me on this then it is extremely important that the authentic ayurveda has to come it has to be maintained with its gritinity absolutely it has to be maintained whatever whatever our great sages uh, acharya charaka acharya vakpata or acharya shushruta they have created this whole ayurveda and that has to be maintained and so being thinking from there this whole group of people started thinking that we should do something about it and that's how ananda ayurveda academy was launched and uh, it's a uh, from the aspect of yogic aspect also and from the ayurvedic aspect we really crafted the whole curriculum in that sense and i'm very uh, happy to tell you that uh, ananda ayurveda academy is in the its final stage of accreditation so generally uh, if as you know accreditation you you have to get qualified first and then you become you get the uh, as you get qualified for that then you get the candidacy status and then you get accreditation so uh, it is uh, ananda ayurveda academy has reached to the candidacy status and this is just like a one step before you get the final accreditation and of course accreditation is a pretty long process i'm sure you are aware that it takes at least 5 3 to 5 years to reach there and we are in the final stage and uh, very happy for that that uh, what we really thought about that we are creating in a real sense and trying to build a true uh, ayurvedic academy which would teach the complete uh, and as well as as much we can uh, as much as we can of course teach that but uh, there are because there are some other hassles that scope of practice is not there that much and all those things are there but at least we are making sure that it is not getting absolutely watered down and the authentic ayurveda is being taught there and offered there and at the, at the same time we maintain this whole perspective of that ayurveda is a clinical medicine and that clinic it's not just the you know it's not just in a kind of art but it is truly a clinical medicine and that has been kept alive uh, in ananda ayurveda uh, an interesting point that you made was like uh, watering down the ayurvedic content to accommodate more and more students taking it up but there is a way dr raghuram uh, I, i would like to have your inputs making ayurveda content easy to understand without watering down for example amai ama or avarna is a ma- massive content massive topic and it cannot be you know understood or made to understand uh, for a new ayurveda student but you know rather than simplifying it into say few sentences or complex complex concepts can be broken down into many stages and it can be explained without losing much sanctity dr raghuram sir absolutely thank you hemar sir so since the question is also related to uh, the concept how 
ayurveda content shall not be watered down so i totally agree with uh, dr hebbar's uh, question uh, that ayurveda content shall never never be uh, watered down so first of all we should start when the ayurveda education starts at uh, the initial level at the budding level the interest should be generated in the students by introducing uh, the terms related to ayurveda so in indian system of education as we see when students come into ayurveda they come from uh, the science groups after having studied physics chemistry maths biology uh, they come into uh, this uh, ayurveda field so it looks uh, like oceanic so it's there uh, right at the middle of uh, the ocean and they fi find it very difficult to uh, swim through in the initial years itself that is in the first year itself it is this particular point where uh, the student should be taken into confidence so like uh, there is a sudden transition which has come in an unexpected way for so many students so some students have opted for ayurveda and some for some students it is a default so like we don't get something else and we come into ayurveda though awareness of ayurveda has been building up over these current years uh, with the government and uh, the higher tiers of education also putting a lot of light and emphasis over ayurveda so how to develop ayurveda and other things so th this is uh, the basic thing so uh, the meter and the remote control is in the hands of the teachers how they introduce ayurveda to their students so this is the basic being a teacher uh, myself for the past 23 24 years i understand uh, it's difficult uh, to make this but if this can be brought into interesting modules of teaching uh, where we don't uh, stick on to i've seen teachers uh, totally stressing on by hearting the shlokas and writing the shlokas in the examination at the end of the day while sitting in the clinic no patient uh, is going to come and ask what is the meaning of the shloka if the doctor tells uh, i'll tell you the shloka famavata or vata rakta so uh, i'll explain this to you nobody will be interested as long as uh, the patients are interested in uh, the relief of their pain or whatever conditions are there so they are not interested about knowing the basics of pharma and vata and all those things so this is what uh, uh, the students need to be taught so a thin and thick line difference between the understanding the concepts understanding the fundamentals as it is ama shall be understood in as ama ama is equal to toxin so it water is equal to wind pitta is equal to bile kapha is equal to phlegm so these things should be uh, like uh, uh, what we can call it as totally uh, stopped so are uh, aborted from the teaching uh, system so this is equal to is equal to is equal to and making a lot of comparison shrinks and constricts the way the student thinks about uh, vata and uh, vata pitta or kapha so the fundamentals we when we are speaking about the student is introduced to the padartha vignana where there are uh, fundamentals of uh, and also the philosophies of ayurveda so they are tough again so there is sanskrit so many students haven't touched upon the sanskrit itself a thorough understanding of sanskrit and also the sanskrit literature how important is sanskrit uh, it's not a formality it is a basic necessity and also a responsibility of the students to be updated with the sanskrit knowledge its grammar the word interpretations how to how to go to the dictionaries and uh, refer and try to analyze and research so in india we have uh, sanskrit being introduced uh, uh, i guess uh, the same is in uh, usa so like and other countries where ayurveda is being taught so the importance of I, uh, sanskrit at uh, the first place and also importance of understanding the terms 
in uh, importance of using the right term in the right place in the right meaning without any dilution so this helps in a thorough understanding of the shastras so gradually when the student transits from basic sanskrit to understanding this vata pitta and kapha through the basic introduction of the samhitas true uh, like uh, unadulterated meaning should be uh, passed on to the students while discussing example uh, types of vata when we are discussing prana vata udana vata samana vata so ultimately the student will understand so there are the subtypes of vata one is located in the head another in the chest operates from the chest another from uh, the abdominal region another from the lower abdomen another is scattered throughout the body so that's not enough so every every minute detailing so these initial years are the years of responsibility uh, for the teachers and years of passionate learning for uh, the students so the teacher and student relationship the guru shishya parampara should be strongly established in the initial years of uh, uh, ayurveda wherein the students get confidence and also comprehension and also a very precise knowledge and a very clarity big clarity of what exactly they are learning and that also uh, will throw some light on where exactly this is leading to i am going in the right direction so i'll go there so what i'll study in the second year third year fourth year how the increment of the subjects and understanding of the subjects will improvise and the, at the end of the day final year uh, what i'll come out with so with what knowledge i need to come out with so here reading studying understanding all those things are totally different here understanding is the total uh, basis as dr rawat also tell uh, made a point there so we go into the depth of fundamentals until things are not understood so that is the basic anywhere ayurveda is taught the fundamentals the basic the basic principle and word to word breakage and also the word to word analysis so when we are speaking about amavata uh, for example as uh, uh, dr hebbar mentioned about ama Uh, we need to know ama we need to know vata separately we need to know amavata in a combined way whether it is a disease it is a condition it is a pathological disturbance only students will come to know that when they understand ama thoroughly vata thoroughly in the initial years while even reading the vagbata and other principles of ayurveda students are exposed to ama and vata and vata subtypes and samavata samapitta samakafa these are samavata samapitta samakafa are different conditions where ama is associated with doshas but may not lead to big pathologies like big blown diseases uh, will not write on a case sheet like samavata samapitta and those conditions but when we read through uh, the symptoms of samavata or samapitta and samakafa they will look more dangerous and like uh, uh, oceanic or like a monstrous in comparison to the amavata so here what we need to understand is a samavata and amavata are totally different conditions in amavata it is a disease established disease whereas in samavata it's only an uh, vicious association that's all there is a combination of two uh, bad friends trying to do more danger and more uh, 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 disturbance in the body so the difference between amavata and samavata to understand a thorough understand of understanding of ama and vata is very much necessary how ama comes into the way of vata so how amavata samavata can lead to amavata if not treated properly see this samavata may be an association but the association if not if we don't disturb that association with the help of treatment principles it will definitely lead to more uh, uh, like a prolonged illness and prolonged painful uh, symptomatology which obviously looks like a disease so that may not need a plenty of uh, treatment uh, to be given 
and also when we see through the rutucharya the explanation of uh, the seasonal regimen and also the seasonal uh, treatments what we are giving here we need to understand that a sanchaya and prakopa uh, the accumulation uh, and uh, aggravation of the doshas easily pass on to the next stage of prashamana so body has a self balancing mechanism self limiting mechanism the prashamana or the doshas which have aggravated will pacify if we follow the rules and regulations of that particular season if not instead of prasara the doshas will change their direction and go to the stage of uh, uh, instead of prashamana they will go to the stage of prasara there is a deviation uh, and then the pathology starts so there is uh, overflow of the doshas then there is uh, lodgement of the doshas in the tissues with the tissue damage and then consequently formation of the disease and complications so this is uh, to understand all these things each and every fundamental so ayurveda student should not take it lightly every word is a weightage every weight uh, word of ayurveda every term of ayurveda has its own weightage thorough understanding at the initial part of the schooling is very very important for non dilution of uh, ayurveda so that leads to successful practice successful clinical approach and also to give very good uh, relief and uh, uh, to tell that whatever ayurveda is uh, you people know it's just only uh, the teasers and the trailers and the big the big picture is totally different we can make a big impact when comprehensive ayurveda is administered and uh, for each and every case even the complicated case thorough understanding of the subject thorough understanding of each and every concept and also the fundamentals and words are very very important for uh, not watering or uh, not uh, diluting uh, uh, ayurveda the actual and original ayurveda which has descended from our uh, ancestors over to you dr hebar uh, dr hebar uh, just one quick comment if i would like to say on dr rugram ji is uh, so uh, i am 100 maybe 200% agree what you are saying uh, the only uh, why i wanted to say that this is the major difference what we see you know this point is very important that how in us people come to education and how in um, here in bharat uh, people coming to education so you would you would see that that there the education starts after actually graduation so people the average student is at least somewhere in 30 to 40 years old and that student has already had its own knowledge like he had completed some kind of education so has own structure of knowledge in in themselves ayurveda may be completely new they may not have learned ayurveda but now they are coming here with something already imprinted in their mind correct and that's the reason there they need more understanding because their understanding of human body or something is already formed that becomes a challenge and that's why they starts we start making it simpler at the same time you know at the same time still it has to be never watered down and even if we make it simpler uh, it should be still absolutely kept in its integrity and that is uh, that is true that is really necessary but that is those are the challenges like i dr hebar was asking me and this was a really valid point that i realized that uh, you know the the student average student itself is a much uh, higher uh, student higher in the sense educational wise higher and that that creates actually double so you have to unlearn sometime something correct to learn something new you have to unlearn okay. something and that 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 is the challenge but for even if that is the challenge they actually appreciate also much more when they start understanding so in the very first class they kind of like get lost when you start talking about padartha vidya but i always tell them that see the next next class will be vatapitta kapha and 
like they are absolutely are very comfortable with vata pitta kapha now why they are comfortable with vata pitta kapha because these terminologies have become popular now right, right. so those those have what this is how the other terminologies will also become popular we just have to wait and keep on doing uh you know that what we are teaching and how we are teaching and I, again uh, i thank uh, both of you uh, dr hebbar all and uh, dr ramji because that's how uh, that is the best job even easy ayurveda is doing and providing the shlokas and keeping on that major aspect and uh, uh, making it available uh, for the any new curious person and even the students thank you and, Thank you. Uh, and another interesting point that you made was that you know some of the some of the clients who come for you know treatment with ayurveda they see the benefits of ayurveda by you know by uh, by relieving their symptoms or a disease with their with the ayurveda treatment and then uh, they see on the other hand they see the side effects of excess, excessive and unnecessary medication that they may be taking so it is a breath of breath of fresh air for the uh, these uh, these clients then who then gain so much of interest in ayurveda that they start learning it and they turn into students correct ma absolutely absolutely because they some means ayurveda would change their life and so they want to know more that how i not just my you know my whatever that person is suffering from is been stopped but i want to continue this i want that whole health to be continued and so then we start talking them that okay there is something like dinacharya also and there is something not just your disease purposes but in general for the whole preventative aspect ayurveda always says right the main aim of ayurveda as you know swasthya swasthya rakshanam aturasya vikara prashamanam so when we know this swasthya rakshan is you know the person who is already healthy to preserve his health is one of the major aim of the ayurveda that takes place into uh, majorly and that's how they start learning ayurveda good evening and namaste jai raguji please make your points um well uh, dr raut you can correct me uh, but i think the client here uh people who come here for advice are mostly people who are from i would say mostly educated people because they want to go the natural path and there's not much awareness among the people who are less educated so the client who comes to you wants more logic want to understand why it works that way how it works that way so there is a lot of explanation too that we need to give i which i think is kind of different from how it works in india in india people come to ayurveda because it's cheaper to go through the ayurveda route or you know lately there has been a lot of awareness towards ayurveda that it's natural and we need to go there but here in the us i think it's more the educated people who want to come here they are more careful about what they put inside their bodies yeah absolutely uh, so your point uh, is valid that um, but i think people should any anywhere wherever they are they should be more uh cautious about what they are putting into their body that that should be the the real uh, aspect that's what i think and i i'm sure here also people are getting more maybe more cautious right and that's how the ayurveda is growing uh, th- th- thank you so coming to the topic of the day is like women's health women goes with through the through the journey of their life goes through different stages there is this menarche and then teenage 
and then prior to conception uh, that stage and then the pregnancy and the post pregnancy and then the you know being a mother and then the menopause and so on and so forth so there is a in each stage of her life ayurveda can play a very important role so coming to starting with this ayurveda and menarche it is for various reasons it is known that many of the young girls are attaining menarche a lot faster than they were say, a couple of decades before so when when they achieve menarche and even before they achieve menarche putting them into good habits of waking up early healthy diet avoiding junk food keeping them physically active all these play a massive role in setting up the health of the child throughout dr raj yeah absolutely so uh, since we are talking about the women's health i would like to uh, mention even before menarche uh, the health uh, starts even before that the reason behind that what i'm saying is if you would see the life stage of women uh, according to ayurvedic perspective then there are multiple stages uh, ayurveda has said so for the very first uh, thing is newborn to 10 years old and that is considered as a kanya then comes to the 10 to 12 is a bala okay then comes to 12 to 14 which is a ardhavadarshini or what you are saying is a menarche and then from 14 to 16 it is still considered as a shodashi rajaswala that is that adolescent age then comes the 16 to 40 which we consider as a middle age and that is yuvati and then later on 40 to 50 is considered as a saubhagi and this is very interesting that how the saubhagi aspect comes uh, which i connect them as perimenopausal stage and then after 50 and above comes and considered as a praudha which is a post menopausal and uh, we can talk about the perimenopause and menopause later but even here if you would see the age which you have been uh, which we have been drafted here every stage of that age has to be actually a woman or a that girl is being prepared and the whole concept of preparing her is for that middle age yuvati and of course and you know the child bearing age to come and as you know that's the major difference in as the gender wise difference which we see that the female goes through this menstruation and uh, you know against the men that that doesn't happen so that's how the whole concept of uh, this child bearing age has to create nicely and that's why uh, these different different levels have been mentioned so during the kanya period also what we give to eat and to feed that small girl really creates how and when she gets her ardhavadarshini so when she really gets the menarche would only happen if we prepare her in that kanya and bala stage especially when she become bala that is 10 to 12 year it is true so important that the bala has to be fed nicely and there she has to be developed the proper uh, understanding that okay you know giving the even the knowledge that now any time you can have 
the menstruation. So preparing, educating her for the menstruation and not just educating her, but preparing her body for that to go through. That's that is there from there the treatment actually starts. So typically we would say the menarche then happens that a lot of menstrual cramps. I mean, they are kids only that time, that age suffer from, or you could also see the lot of bleeding happens. And this is the very, you know, very tender age where uh, even the anemia can develop. So just to avoid that, the treatment should, I mean, it's not treatment, I would not call it as a treatment, but the preparatory preparation has to happen. And that's why eating the complete meal and not really eating the junk food, which is unfortunately growing a lot. Um, I mean, I was really shocked to see how many um, fast food centers are now developing everywhere. In uh, uh, you know, that's the one major aspect. Then the another second very important point, which you I think mentioned, uh, Dr. Hebar, that sleeping early and getting up early. And these mental, these sleeping habits are really getting pushed back as more and more social media is becoming very active, as well as uh, at very young age they are getting the phone, and then that blue light, the exposure to blue light, kind of keeps a person or the that girl more active till night, and that's how the the night sleeping delays. And as that delays, then the get up, getting up is delayed. And then as we know, in Ayurveda, it has been very well mentioned that if you miss that apanakal, you are actually not just increasing kapha, but you are disturbing apana also. So if somebody sleeps more and stays and wakes up after the sun rises and really a little more later, then what really creates not just the kapha increase, as I said, but because you miss the apanakal, your whole thing is possible to be, you know, at the maybe at the minute level, but that apana aspect starts getting disturbed. And then comes these all problems as menarche starts, the you know, the pain in abdomen or the premenstrual menstrual cramp and the PMS, premenstrual syndrome, all the things starts automatically developing. And this we build actually because of this whole these lifestyle habits or the eating habits or uh, in general not really eating the nourished food, which is so important. So having the proper what Ayurveda says, the Shadarasatmakahar, to giving that proper Shadarasatmakahar at that age, right from the 10th to 12th, that is the whole preparation one should do. I would add into this specifically about even performing yoga is truly necessary here because that is the best way of making and keeping your all the doshik doshas in the balanced state. And somewhere that education also has to be pushed forward at the schooling level itself, that that should be one of the um, I think, you know, like how people are so much uh, being exposed to sports rather than that yogic asana, at least not if not something else but that should be really explained and certain getting up and certain asanas has to be introduced there at that age. And then you can say that, yes, uh, it should the menarche will happen very nicely and really people would not have uh, kids will not really suffer.
Thank you very much for kind uh, elaboration, uh, Dr. Rajiv. Wasn't the ready man? Please go ahead. I, I really liked how you enumerated what needs to be done for a comfortable you know, growth from newborn to 10 years. But what I see in general is the mothers are highly uneducated on all these aspects. And from newborn to 10 years of age, the mothers is more, uh, you know, is important. However, most of them are not educated. Uh, how do you think we can solve this issue? Because I understand if you explain all these things in schools and, you know, have them do yoga, etc. But if the home environment is not supportive because of ignorance on the part of the parents, what do you think we can do about it? Yeah, that is a very uh, good question, Vasantaji. Uh, the problem uh, here really is to educate parents. That that should be the focus to some extent. And somewhere, really, uh, their parents should have also maybe educated. And somewhere, I mean, it may be not then started, but the the whole society is changing. And it's not that we just focus only on the that kid who is growing, but naturally the parents have to be taught as well. And this is something to be accepted at as the whole, you know, the how at that how how those family levels these things should be introduced, not just. Um, yeah, in education, not given into the school has no meaning unless until it is being practiced at home. So somewhere that mom and even the father, I think, has this responsibility to educate, get educated and then implement that. Uh, any thoughts on what can be done to educate the parents, how we can educate parents? So education of, uh, first of all, we have to be little open on talking about menstruation first, because it's still being taken and considered as that something we should not speak outside. And if we could start there at that level that we want to, you know, this is a simple and absolutely normal phenomena or the physiological phenomena of the body. Uh, this is nothing, something wrong. This is how it has to happen. Uh, and that's why this is as a routine, uh, it should be taught. So I would like to give you an, another example that in uh, Mexican culture, southern uh, you know america part there so they have this they would celebrate the 14th or 16th birthday is a big deal there especially for the girl so once she become at that age a big celebration is done and in that celebration obviously this celebration is because now that she is uh, you know really shorishi or she is adolescent and that the whole aspect is that that culture, basically Southern American culture, considers it as a, a very milestone, an achievable milestone. And so from their aspect, if you would see here that we anyway keep on doing all the you know birthdays and so many things, these kind of things when a best gift that parent can give it to their kid to just give this education also. And just just to give the education automatically, they had to learn, correct? And that's how that can be introduced to them. That okay, it's not just that you're giving the birth 
is not sufficient but taking care of their whole education general education they give right like they give the education for whatever career education they send the kids to school they spend the money for the college they spend the money for their further uh, education also then why not bring this awareness that not only this uh, education is sufficient but your own bodily education that also you have to give to your kid and i think that that way we should develop creating that awareness that it is your time to teach your kid and that's why you should need you need to know that and as the one whole uh, generation starts going into it then automatically this situation would change i think that would be the <clears throat> way i think uh, what you said about the mexicans should be adopted um in our own uh, uh, society also we have certain ceremonies done once the girl reaches puberty but what i have noticed is no mother explains what has happened that bodily transformation that has happened in the girl Uh, other than <clears throat> in the recent times, it's made into a big party in big hotels, but no education is being provided as to why and what they need to do, um, you know, with their bodies. I mean, that's been my observation. Yeah, I think they need uh, to be explained uh, completely. Uh, other than that, I also hear the word "you are unclean." Time is is unclean, so I have. I protesting against it saying well, how can you call us unclean so i think certain language and certain you know explanations have to proper explanations have to come up so that we can educate our young that's a very good point uh, vasanta ji and i would add one more thing that people generally would say and i see this in us also okay and how i educate the kids to our mother is Uh, i always tell them that remember why our ancestor have said you know why, where did this whole unclean thing came up so it's not actually unclean but it's the aspect when you are supposed to take complete rest right first it used to be even in many cultures it is done that if you are in, in the menstruation you should not even touch in you should not even come into kitchen so what is the actual reasoning behind this ayurveda is definitely not just uh, as i said you know the meaning of ayurveda itself is a uh, ayusha veda ayurveda right it's the science of life that's what we say so there there has to be some science and the the true science is that your apana is very strong there and that's why you don't want anything that the prana becomes you know little upward that never has not has to happen and so you, even at the spiritual level you keep little bit away from that because you may not take able to take that energy upward as well as downward that could be one aspect and then another major aspect is that you need rest so this has to be actually taught to those uh, those uh, mothers who really don't understand and they may not be even following that i mean just saying uh, you know i have seen this also many many time in practice that they say oh i don't touch anything and they keep on working something else so there where is the whole aspect of rest comes so the true focus is to take rest and that is not happening the true focus is to uh, give yourself a complete uh, like allow your whole uh, vata to go down properly and the proper cleansing has to happen 
in that sense. So it's nothing about untouching, but it is more about allowing our bodily organs to think and that definitely education has to be done. So you made a very valid point about that it is not un unclean on something. In fact, it is the right time um, that woman gets actually clean more. That's what how I would put it. And uh, this one. Yeah, I mean, someone, someone has written, but in biology classes, they get education about physical changes in girls and boys that they get. But like how to accustom, how to prepare the child and the parents emotionally to accost, get accustomed to the new scenario, etc. That uh, is not being done. And probably either the practitioners across the world can fit into that role. Uh, in, in one of the previous uh, sessions of Guru Bada, like everybody is becoming a doctor, everybody is going after the symptom to heal and all, but there's a huge lacuna of a family doctor, you know, whom we were visiting time and again, who would not only give medications to solve our, uh, solve our symptoms and the health issues, but would also explain, you know, what to expect and uh, prepare the patient to uh, educate the patient. Probably out of all, Ayurveda fits in very well in uh, educate, educating the uh, child and uh, her parents to prep them for the you know, upcoming menarche. And another important issue which is causing huge problems uh, in relation to uh, the menstrual cramps or uh, you know he heavy bleeding and irregular periods, especially in the early age, is our you know is the concept of Vega Dharana and Vega Udhirana. We, uh, we take, especially the children, they have the habit of like withholding urine and withholding uh, themselves from going to washroom or they, they do not eat and drink when they are hungry or, or even if they eat, they will be busy with the smartphones, etc. Uh, these, though look very silly, may cause huge problems in Apanamata, Dr. Rao. Absolutely. No, I completely agree on that. That That's what I'm saying, that Vegamna Dharay is one of our very important sutra, isn't it? And that contributes tremendously. The, uh, I mean, in my practice, I see a lot of uh, these young girls. Uh, you know, where I practice, we have a university there, and these all uh, graduate, just schooling, going, you know, young young girls come there and they most of i mean 90 percent problem always the pms and it's a it's a big big problem that they don't even they just want to go for okay you know i want the tablet and then they are now aware that okay they don't want to eat tablet but then they come give me herbal tablet so it's not about taking tablet it is about changing your lifestyle it is of course, we would give some tablet. That is a different story. But it's not the painkillers that we want to give. But actually, we want to avoid even that from happening. So that's definitely uh, our focus should be. And again, here is the uh, what is menstrual cram? Menstrual cram is that, yes, Apana is not able to do its own main function. And uh, that, that should be the whole focus if that starts happening. Thank you there. And uh, coming from, uh, you know, moving from menarche to the teenage or shodashi as as you called in in your classification, from Arthur Dashini to the shodashi Radhasola, 
any tips that you would give to your teenage clients? Yes. So uh, as someone becomes the, you know, the shoulder she or as that age, adolescence age comes, this basically that is the major time when the whole adolescence, like the girl really starts becoming the woman. And that's why a lot of uh, hormonal imbalance happening is possible during that time. One menstrual uh, approach we have already talked about, the PMS, the premenstrual syndrome, is a very, very common during that period. And uh, the very simple example, uh, simple recommendation is, again, do not hold your any vegas. So any uh, source of natural urges has to be attained. That is a one thing. Then the second major thing which I see in my practice is acne, you know, getting the acne on the stuff so that is also many times people keep on putting the uh, you know creams and this and that but the root cause of acne is again into your bowels or the in you know we say that everything is actually in the abdomen though it comes out as the skin issues so typically generally the tip given is that no matter what your bowel movement should be absolutely neat and may if that for that reason if you want you have to take something uh, as simple as uh, haritaki or even trifala or any kind of a simple which will clean your bowel keep the, your bowel clean that approach has to be always attempted first before applying something onto the face so uh, yes you can apply uh, certain varnedravyas have been said manjishta sariva uh, Brahmi, Mandupani, these are very, very nice uh, herbs which can be applied and the paste can be made, aloe vera uh, can be applied uh, or even internally aloe vera juice can be taken. But main aspect is to keep the bowel moving, keeping the, the whole colon clean actually would lead to a very nice skin and that would be the, you know, good tip at that time, at that typical age that's what i would think uh thank you ma'am and uh, we are into the last 10 minutes of uh, this session there was we uh, there was a question on what subdoshas get involved in menstrual cycle when and how dr Ramsa, can you please put a quick light on this question please absolutely so this is a very good question i'm glad to see this question uh, is coming up so just to give what uh, you know menstrual cycle but just to give one first idea of menstrual cycle and then i can uh, i will explain you so we all know that the menstrual cycle happens uh, with the uh, like uh, if we consider the day one that means the first day of menstruation uh, then with that we can actually divide it into the four stages from the day one to day four then you can consider that yes that is a menstruation and that's how menstruation is happening then comes as the menstruation happens then comes the, from day four to day 14 where actually the inner lining of the uterus starts building up which is the the endometrium starts building up then comes that you know in between day 12 and day 14 the egg of releases from the ovum and as that egg gets released from the ovum the whole hormonal change happens the shift happens so so far from the day one to day 12 or 14 what estrogen was rising kind of starts going down and actual corpus luteum makes the 
progesterone go rise after around 14 completes and you know 16 17 18 somewhere that starts come going up and then ultimately after day 8 28 both kind of sharply goes down and then comes the lining breaks down and what you you know if the menstrual if the pregnancy doesn't happen then menstruation comes so as we understand this whole menstruation thing we must understand this that when you are when the person is in the zero or one to four level there we could say that the apana is really acting well samdosha then now after that the estrogen starts happening so the three to five days after the period or the fourth or four onwards the estrogen starts rising and we in Ayurveda call consider it as a upachaya state. So if upachaya means proliferation, correct? So this upachaya prey phase when starts, there works the actual kapha because kapha has this whole building aspect. Now, which upadosha would you consider here? Then I would consider as a general khledaka kapha and the tarpaka kapha are more important at that point of time. The reason of the khledaka kapha because it is considered it is it's the it's the main kapha you know king of the kapha aspect, and the tarpaka kapha is because it is responsible. It is in the head, and that along with the pranavayu, its action happens of the upachaya. So then further we come into the 12 to 14 days where now the ovulation is happening. And as you would see the ovulation is happening, obviously that is response. Pranavayu is responsible there somewhere for this whole ovulation aspect. And then there you get naturally the, you know, the change starts happening in the progesterone and estrogen process. There later on as progesterone gets higher, I would say that that period particularly would call it as a aperture which means it, it maintains but it's now started loosening and there the pitta really works there which makes that whatever the kapha has created the lining it starts like digging in so you could understand it as a you know a little bit of um increase in progesterone but i would uh, explain it as a apachaya as the you're basically sadhak pitta and ranjak pitta because ultimately the Ranjak Pitta brings that color and brings that uh, intramaterial to uh, come out. With, uh, it, when it will come out, it will come it as a Raja. And then after around when we reach to the fourth stage, and that is 28th, both the estrogen progesterone comes down and automatically the bleeding starts. And again, the Apana will take. So this is how we could consider 1 to 4, again, Apana Vayu, then 4 to 15, Kapha Upachaya which would be more considered as a kledaka and a tarpaka kapha 12 to 14 when ovulation is happening pranavayu uh, will work more and then post ovulation when now the pitta dosha gets into create that apachaya state not upachaya so no further building of the um, thing will get stopped and now it it is more loosening, loosening happen and there comes the sadhak pitta and ranjak pitta and then further uh, as the 20th day comes, everything further goes down. So no upachaya, no apachaya. And there we call it as a praseka. We want to write it down that praseka. And that praseka again apana works and brings down the period. That means the menstruation starts. Wonderfully explained, uh, Dr. Ravji. 
before we end this requires a lot of uh, reasoning and explanation yeah. but uh, like a quick fire answer from you please best herbs for supporting endocycle menopausal transition the menopausal transition is the transition basically right from the pitta stage of life uh, enters into the vata stage of life but uh, surprisingly the all three doshas can go in trouble uh, for the menopausal so depending upon which dosha is really showing up the its presence uh, or the imbalance that's how the treatment has to be done so if perimenopausally if you are seeing the vata imbalance more such as maybe the anxiety maybe the uh, insomnia uh, or uh, maybe just uh, becoming more conscious or more anxious these type of things when start happening as a perimenopausally what we would generally give is basically the very best uh, aspect could be as simple as ashwagandha as simple as tagara as simple as brahmi or uh, you could uh, also think of giving the shatavari there little bit of bruhanatva has to be created bala also works there very well then we come to the aspect of pitta uh, imbalance and that pitta imbalance would give night sweats uh, hot flashes sudden temper you know change sudden mood in, mood change or the hot hot temper or even the acne and there the best thing could be there we could use really the shatavari could be the one of the very excellent choice uh, then sandalwood could be uh, another very good aspect kesara also can be given or the aloe vera works wonders brahmi is also here uh, and manjishta can be given just to uh, work on the skin aspect if that has to be done then and then uh, the rare the kapha imbalance could also happen and that uh, more goes into the weight gain right uh, or becoming more as a some kind of swellings would come and so the best approach for those kind of uh, situations what you could think about the gugulu uh, or also you could think about simple the metabolism to increase the metabolism the best idea could be even giving the little bit trikatu adding the trikatu or uh, using punarnama for that reason or if you want to use the combinations then the punarnama gugul works wonder uh, as well as the amrutadi gugul is also good these uh, situations and um, the basic again i would say that the main main focus always to be uh, you may think that i'm repeating this thing but seriously the colon keeping the colon clean and maintaining the uh, the whole aspect of a um, lifestyle would really help this and and very last thing i cannot uh, you know uh, go without saying this that perimenopause doesn't come in one day it is a process correct so the menopause has to menopause is always retro retroverted uh, diagnosed like you do a woman when doesn't get the menstruation for 12 months then she is declared as a menopause she is in menopause so it is always been retrovertly uh, like uh, identified and that's the reason that transition which happens that is the whole period of perimenopause so it could be it could be 6 years or it could be whatever it differs so we don't want to just go into perimenopause and then take treatment again the whole treatment or the whole aspect of the health has to be worked out 
when a person is yuvati or in her major uh, pitta dominant stage of the age if that time you would take a nice care of your body your transition during the perimenopause would be not a bumpy ride but the very smooth and graceful menopause can be achieved so again don't wait till that problem occurs work before that thank you always prevention uh, is better than cure that's why it's always a good idea to as well of a wife and take continuous uh, continuous care under him or her throughout one's life so that problems like the perimenopausal syndrome etc can be solved even before they occur and the quality of education that we are getting in this session speaks a lot about the capacity of ashish rawji and uh, on behalf of all of us students i cordially extend my words of gratitude to ashish rawji and we need you in hundreds of sessions in coming weeks months and years thank you very much ashish rawji and on behalf of all of us students uh, my words of gratitude to uh dr raghuram ji as well thank you that uh, thank you dr habbar sir thank you uh, rawat madam for uh, uh, such a wonderful talk uh, thought inspiring and uh, plenty of uh, points uh, to come with uh, two uh, two three sentences uh, from me uh, before closure so i remembered uh, a sentence from uh, a movie called as dangal where uh, amir khan ji tells mare chori choro se kam hai ke so are my girls any any in any way lesser than the boys so here we also speak about women the girl and uh, different stages in a woman's life it's very important to also uh, reflect on the role of men who come in different forms in a woman's life so like uh, the god himself uh, lord shiva himself uh, uh, like uh, manifested himself in the form of ardhanarishwara like 50% man and 50% woman so this shows that uh, the world will be balanced only if uh, Uh, the man and women contribute 50% they are uh, like 50 50 in the life and then in the family process or wherever it is there uh, we also spoke about the mexican culture uh, so madam rawat and uh, vasanta reddy madam also told that it's very popular in india it's good uh, to celebrate but some girls nowadays are totally against the celebrations and also uh, while doing that we should respect the individual individuality of the girls so if they tell no let's take it as a strong no so and that may also reflect on the other girls so like uh, a friend of a girl might tell why there is a celebration in the neighbors uh, neighborhood of uh, the, of a girl of my same age and why not me so that might uh, impact on the child's uh, this one so if if a girl is against so let's all make a girl's life a celebration in every aspect so every man has a responsibility be it a father brother husband or a teacher whoever comes uh, in their life and also uh, very important is to talk so talk to the girl and uh, allow her to express uh, and uh, make her feel special in every aspect this is very very important uh, uh, to make a girl or a woman uh, really special respect their space very importantly and uh, this world is a big place and we would not have been uh, here where we are doing uh, whatever we are doing in our lives without the role of a girl or a woman coming in different roles and uh, 
like taking our lives forwards uh, or ahead in many perspectives so there is a there is a big role so we are not nobody to decide uh, so what's the limitations of a girl or a woman so let her decide so because she is a different creation and uh, we call uh, women as a shakti so in uh, the bharat culture so let's all respect that particular shakti in a woman or a girl and uh, let's all celebrate uh, uh, how a girl or uh, a woman flourishes in our lives so with this words uh, i would like to uh, thank all our uh, participants and also easier with the family for being with us thanks to hebar sir again uh, for uh, conducting these wonderful sessions thank you all namaste